got the sit. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthews hit it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, thank you very much to you, Julian, and thank you to you for tuning the dial to This Is Your Football Life. And Tobin Brothers do celebrate lives. It's not a, a big, sad occasion. It's a celebration of a life. It's grieving, but also just acknowledging how special this life is. And football is a big part of a lot of people's lives. And today's guest is an absolute ripper. I caught up with him earlier this year, would you believe, at the footy? Because he just loves footy. He played 369 matches of senior football in this country. 317 of those at Glenelg. 47 at South Adelaide. And just the five at North Melbourne under Ron Barassi, spanning over 18 years. He played in the Glenelg Premiership under Neil Curley in 1973. He was three-time best and fairest at that club. Two-time All-Australian uh, as a player and twice as coach. He represented South Australia 21 times. Glenelg Premiership coach in 85-86. Inaugural Adelaide Crows coach after stints with South Adelaide and Glenelg. And listen to this, folks. He is an inductee of the Australian Football Hall of Fame and South Australian Football Hall of Fame. He is a star. And it's my great pleasure to welcome Graham Corns to This Is Your Football Life. Oh, thanks, Rex. It's good to be here. Couldn't say no to you. You've been good to us over the years. and um... Well, we've been good friends. And uh, I rang you when you uh, uh, got into the Hall of Fame. I rang you when you got your Order of Australia. And these are things that uh, your children and your family and your grandchildren will look back and say, the old man wasn't too bad, but it must be a warm feeling inside of being recognised for the contribution you made. Because for so long, South Australia was about knuckles curly, so rightly so. But I tell you what, you can stand amongst the very, very best for your contribution. You must be very proud. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And it's they're, they're all great honours some a couple are overwhelming on it to be quite honest but there's you mentioned about the south australian connection and we know curls and you know foss williams and the jack yeah. odies and john kales there's so many great south australian players that, that still haven't been recognized and and my great fear is that as the afl goes on and the the younger players coming through the afl like the, the mark bickley's and the mark Rusciutos, as they retire they're recognized that we lose touch with the, the Paul Bagshaws and the, you know the Michael Ashes and the Rick Davies, who were great, great players here. So, and do you think, even though it took a while for the uh, VFL to become the AFL, that the uh, recognition of people from the Sandful and the Waffle is now breaking down the barriers, and we actually will see these people honoured at the highest level because it was all Australian football. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, look, I hope it. I hope so. Look, it's still very Melbourne-centric. There's no doubt about that i hope that doesn't offend anybody see a guy like robert wiley but you look at robert wiley's uh, footy record and he's not in the australian football hall of fame and you 
and it's and it's so hard. To do you get do you think from what you said earlier on uh, that because Robert, uh, what he played a hundred and something games with Richmond in a premiership, that that's all they're judging him on? Uh, they forget, uh, like a lot of other people, like Ben Cousins' uh, father, who played two hundred games in the Waffle, and at that stage in the sixties and seventies when you and I played the Waffle, the Sandful, and the VFL, at times there was not much uh, separating those domestic competitions. Well, I remember Richmond coming here in nineteen nineteen seventy four. Uh, maybe 75 play on this very ground playing pre-season game in one of those you know international or interstate competitions we had and they kicked the first two goals and somebody I, I won't say it sheeds somebody running back to the center said well let's get this practice match over and done with yeah. and we ended up winning so, so there were times quite often when we played in those interstate night competitions where the south australian teams would do pretty well so look i don't want to be i don't want to be paranoid about it we're we're all a footy family, and when you meet Victorian footballers and Victorian per, footy personalities, there's a there's a great fellowship amongst us, and there, there is nothing like the the feel of football when you go to Victoria. It, it is different, but make no mistake, football was as big and is as big in our community over here in South Australia, I'm sure in Western Australia, that it is and was in Victoria. Your first living memory of football. It's very easy to remember, and um, my first living memory is of watching my father play football um, for Lawn in the uh, in the Otway League. In the Otway League, yeah. And we lived in Lawn when I, I was four years of age, and I was sitting on on the they, the they I went to Lawn a couple of years ago and said, "Tell me where the old oval was," and they said, "No, it's up behind the it's up on the hill." I said, yeah. "No, no, it used to be on the foreshore. <laughs> you, I'm sure it used to be on the foreshore." And they said, "No, no, no," but I can it's remember Apollo Bay, isn't it? No, no, no. Uh, at Lawn the oval used to be down on the foreshore, and I was sitting on this little bench there and had a uh, we know those flat packets of PK, you know, the yeah. PK chews used yeah, to come do, in yeah. and had a sandwich, and I'm sitting watching my, watching my dad play footy in for Lawn, and they had. Collingwood jumpers, like black and white jumpers, and that's my first living memory. And he used to take me, he, like, oh, I thought he was a great player, but he played B grade for Lawn, so how good could he have been, really? A great player because he was <laughs> okay. your father. It's a great player because, and, 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 and if, if the sons don't have their father as a hero, there's something wrong, but He mate. used to take, him, take me on the team bus, took me into the, uh, the change rooms. I used to watch the guys drinking the long necks and, you know, squeezing the bottle tops with yeah. it. And... There's no doubt that those early memories imbued in me are just a great love and passion for the game. It's just fantastic. So we, we fast forward a bit. Yep. When was the time that uh, Graham Corns thought to himself, I, I, I'm all right at this game, but the most important ingredient you know better than anyone is you've got to love it. When did you fall in love with the game and when did you think, I might be able to go on with this just a little bit? Uh, well, the first bit first, I, I always was in love with the game. I just, you know, Dad told me stories about... Uh, you know the the, the the great players, you know the Laurie Nashes and the Bob Pratts of the game, and the John Coleman guys I didn't see. Yeah. And and he used to have a kick with me. So it took me to the MCG when I was six to see Collingwood and Melbourne play. So how could you not fall in love with the game? You yeah. Know? I played my first game. Of, I went to a, I started school at Edith Vale Primary School, and then for some my, my mother and father had a very acrimonious divorce. And Dad took a, another job as a cab driver to put me into Ivanhoe Grammar School. Gee, uh, for, it's a far cry from Edithal State. Well, it was, but it <laughs> did, honestly, it didn't last. It didn't last very long because my mother, who was estranged from her dad, came and kidnapped me one night, and I often wonder what. <laughs> Goodness so, me, this might took, be. This is your life, not your football life. Took me out of the like, took me out of the dormitory, and then we, we were, then we were on the run all around Victoria. Um, 
and I often wondered what happened the next morning when they came to check the beds and one guy was missing. But anyway, they they had a, a footy culture and I played my first footy game there. So, look, I always was in love of the game and couldn't wait for Saturdays and, and had this romantic notion. I don't know whether it was accurate or not. Um, I never ever thought I'd play league footy. That just sort of happened out of the blue. So your league footy was South Australian league football. We fast forward again to what is affectionately known as the Bay. And of course that's Glenelg who wear the Richmond colours except the yellow stripes night down the back. So fast forward uh, to the Bay Oval and uh, I think your coach was one Neil Knuckles Curley. Well just quickly we, we came to we, my dad regained custody of me we came to, to, to Adelaide when I was seven or eight I went to school at a place called uh, Glenelg Primary School. Then Renella, when I left school at Renella, uh, we left from Renella to went to work in Wyala at the Steelworks as a as a chemist. And I played for Central Wyala up there. Harry Kernahan, who was a great yeah. player for Glenelg, yeah. Stephen's father, Stephen's father was coaching South Wyala, and he introduced me to the club. They came up and interviewed me, invited me to train. And I okay, I went down and trained. What at this stage you were starting to fire a little bit in the in the junior league, were you? I'd played under sixteens and played A grade for, oh, well, for, there you are. for Central Wales. So they knew where you were. And then so they, that must have been a big thing for you because it meant actually uh, relocating. Well, I nearly gave up footy because I, I went surfing in, in 1967 and then came back to the game. And then Glenelg invited me down to train uh, once and then said, come down when your season's finished and we'll have a look at you. So I came down when the season finished, trained on the Tuesday night, and they picked me to play against Sturt in the A grade on the... On the following Saturday, and Glenelg had finished bottom the year before. And if we beat Sturt that that day, we would have gone into the four for the first time under Neil Gee, Curley. And, yeah, and and it was just like a fairy tale, to be quite honest. I came down, played it on the Oval, fifteen thousand people. They were the reigning premiers. What year was this? 1967. So was that the year that Royce Hart played in the grand no, final? Was knocked out in, no, against Sturt, was it? No, that was uh, 1969. And folks, as usual, we're here for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And if one word is associated with Tobin Brothers Funerals more than any other, it's transparency. And transparency is what you get when you download the Memory Maker from the App Store or Google Play. It means you can check out the many service options available, even before you meet with a funeral planner. If it's transparency you want, it's what you'll get at Tobin Brothers Funerals. Graham Corns is our man today, folks. And we're going to take a break right around Australia. And stick around, because we'll continue the marvellous journey of this fantastic man. And while you're doing that, check us out on Twitter at Rex Football Life. Right around Australia, this is your football life for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. <laughs> Graham Studley Corns. He hates Victorians. <laughs> but he was born in Victoria, Studley. You're an absolute ripper. Welcome back. This is your football life. And we're joined by South Australian football legend and Australian Football Hall of Fame inductee, Graham Corns. We're now at the Glenelg Football Club. You're starting to really pump, but national service draws out your uh, your yeah. button or your, your birth date 
and you end up in the infantry mm. and you end up in the trenches of Vietnam. <laughs> Tell us about this because I came into the army in 1970 and I uh, did conscription with one of your wingmen, Brenton Miles, the yeah. late, the yeah, late uh, Brenton Miles, yeah. just tragically lost too early. Yeah. But tell us about the turmoil that for the next two years, son, you're going to be in khaki and not in yellow and black. Well, it was interesting because I guess like you, we, we grew up with a spirit of Anzac, didn't we? Like our fathers yep, and did. our uncles and our grandfathers probably went to war. So yes. we sort of grew up with that spirit. So there was a part of me, 68 was my first full season. I played three games in 60, and 60, 68. So halfway through 1968, we used to get mail deliveries on Saturday morning. This letter comes from the government that I've been called up and I've got a report for National Service. So I had it delayed till the end of the footy season, but then bang, I was straight in. Um, went to Pakapanyal, then went to a place called Skyville, which was a really tough, intense course. Got kicked out of Skyville with a week to go of that course. It was an officer's course, wasn't it? It was an officer training yeah. course, yeah. And I did the whole course and got removed and ended up in 7 Weren't Battalion. cut out for the braid, mate, so you went back to the hand grenades? Probably they made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> so, had it been footy season, I reckon I might have had a chance. Because, but uh, well, someone told me Carl Dittrich did it so as well. But um, He did? Uh, so then the 7 Battalion trained and we went to Vietnam in January 1970. Now that was different you know that was yeah that was that was <laughs> they compare sport and war but it was different and, uh, uh, yeah, I the, started, yeah, the vets the vets know what i mean well you're involved heavily in the vets because uh you know one of my best friends is a vietnam vet and it's only now that he's been able to talk to his mates and tell them what happened over there with all the disgraceful things and that sort of thing but the recognition is finally coming yeah. albeit late but the recognition is it's they're taking their spot on Anzac morning and standing proud with some of our great people. It is it is great that because that's... you didn't want to go, did you? No. You didn't ask to go. You didn't say take oh, me. Well, in the end, we had a choice because right, there's a lot of national servicemen were getting killed over there, so we trained for about a year to, or nine months as a battalion to go. So and they because all these national servicemen were getting uh, killed and injured, they st- they came out and said one morning, look, if you're a national serviceman, the government's decreed you don't have to go, but there was only one guy in our battalion of about 800 who was brave enough to say, I don't want to go. Mm. The rest of us have worked as a team, so we're going to go. I like a bit of bravado. And that was Broderick Smith. And you remember Broderick Smith from the Dingoes? I do. He was the only guy brave enough to say, oh, bugger this, I'm not... Mm. I'm not going to go. It's not my war. Well, Normie Rowe was in my battalion and he put his hand up and they didn't take him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so a lot of blokes wanted to go. Okay, a magnificent career with Glenelg. Who will ever forget the 1973 grand final? It was in the balance. You took a mark. You kicked a goal. Uh, you were drafted to South Melbourne or, or, or yeah. pushed towards South Melbourne, but you didn't go across the border to the VFL until it, almost your career was over to North Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, we have regrets in life, but looking back... You accept the you know, the cards that are that are dealt you, mm. but would you like to have a go a little bit earlier? Oh, look, it is what it is. I had a chance to go. Footy was great here, and when when it was plus my, at your home, when it was my last chance to, yeah. to do it, and to go and be coached by Ron Barassi, that was probably I was 31 by then, and that was just the last chance. So I took it, and it was a great experience. I know it didn't work out. I know you look at the stats, and you know, and I and I came back after six months because there was an opportunity to do it but they were a great club they're a great group of guys I, have, I yeah. still have friends from that Brass even though Brass is a legend even though you know he can be hard work as, oh, as you know sure. <laughs> but, yeah. but to be coached by Ron Barassi at the time and to have experience of that club and really to see what it was like I mean, what it did convince me that our, our local clubs were 
as well run as Victorian clubs. Football in our communities was just as big. Yeah. And I think we connected a little bit with uh, the local communities I, as I, well. I personally played a few practice games against Sturt, North Adelaide, when Mike Patterson coached them, and, yep. and down at the Bay... I tell you what, I didn't ever consider them practice games. I really didn't. Uh, and even the end of the season games, you know, I think 73 we played you at the Adelaide Oval. Yeah. It's a bloke called Carrier Centre Forward. <laughs> he put <laughs> as much pressure on Francis Burke as he's ever had. Yeah. Uh, the Phyllis brothers did particularly well. You yeah. did well. They were great days. Okay, mm-hmm. we come to 1993 when a historic event takes place. Adelaide Crows join the AFL. No, expanded, 90, not 91. 1991, the mm. AFL... And they play the reigning premiers here on round one, 1991. Uh, and you're the coach. Take uh, us through it. Well, we had some experience with uh, State of Origin footy, so it wasn't completely you know, foreign to us. And there, there was a, I remember it was a great night. They had trained so hard. We, we, we didn't have much time to assemble the team. It was the end of October before we came together. So they trained really hard and they'd done some stupid things because we'd heard, of, you know, Carlton did their 100 by 100 sprints, so we did 110 in reduced time. And they trained really well. We'd had reasonable pre-season form. We played Essendon in a trial game. We'd had that, the Foster's Cup or whatever it was called. We'd, we'd done all right in that. Uh, but I don't know. No one gave us a chance of beating Hawthorne here, but it was just sure. a perfect night. The full moon. Stadium full, fantastic atmosphere in the ground, it and, was. And, and it was just like it was scripted. And Hawthorne had played the, the night comp, night grand final the week before, so I know that the late and great David Hooks was calling for five double A. Yeah. Uh, might have been with Rob or one of those people. He tapped me on the shoulder at three quarter time and said, "Where can I get finals tickets?" <laughs> so he was in no uh, doubt what was uh, going to happen. Uh, okay, it was never as easy. It was never going to be as easy. Tell as us that. about the pressure on your two wonderful boys, who I say are members of the two hundred club, members of the Premiership club. And that is pretty good credentials for say, okay, we made it, but they made it with a famous surname. Did they ever take an added weight into their careers because of your career of expectation? Well, it was always hard for them. I mean, I, I think they handled it really well. They, see, there was a there was a a big percentage of Port Adelaide fans who hated Glenelg and hated Graham Corns and hated the Crows. So they they had to deal with with that growing up and that pressure but they went to a school called Sacred Heart and Shane would know Sacred Heart because something used to play against them every every year it was a great footy school so it, it helped settle them down they played for Glenelg early on in junior squad so when they came to be drafted we we're never sure Chad was going to be drafted Kane was always going to be drafted because he was an elite player right from primary school but Chad took a while to develop and he was taken at number seven by Port Adelaide you can, can you believe it I mean of all the teams mm. It was the team that hated oh. the Corns name the most, but probably it was good in a sense that they accepted him. Mark Williams was really hard. John Carr was great for Chad and early. Mark Williams was really hard on him. We got him up and firing, and and it worked out probably a heck of a lot better for them than going. At least they were in, in Adelaide. They were together, and it uh, and it both, panned out pretty both well. Both boys on tough, and I don't uh, I don't measure toughness knocking blokes when they're not looking. Mm. I'm saying eye on the ball, mm. go at get the football at all costs. Did you see that as junior players, your boys? Did you see that? Uh, Chad developed slower and like at 15 and like he couldn't even run he was like a crippled giraffe if you made one of the little legs yeah, I saw one of them the other day in Africa yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Kane was always classy a, a bit more mature than the other kids so uh, Chad had a great last year at college uh, at Sacred Heart and, and that's probably what got him drafted and as I said Kane was playing for his 
first 18 in in year 10, I guess. So um, it was a bit, it was it was a, a great outcome for them. But I can tell you, it's not it's, it's never it's never been fun being the parent of a league footballer, and, and other parents listening would understand that if you've got a, a, mm. a young fella playing AFL footy. You don't really enjoy it. You worry about whether they're going to play well. Are they going to get injured? Yeah. Is the team going to win it? I'll be happy and contented when they've... Although having said that, their grand final day oh. was just um, a great day. What's left for you? Uh, now, I, I don't want to embarrass you again, but I will. <laughs> the Order of Australia, the very best, you know, and the amount of people that are put up, they don't get in, but that's OK. Contribution to Australian football. Australian Football Hall of Fame. What's left for you? You are as keen now with Rowie on your drive time show on 5AA through Adelaide Metropolitan Regional uh, Relays. You're not slowing down. Do you think that's the secret is to keep busy? You've got to keep busy. Uh, I mean, there's times I get frustrated that you're just just talking about sport. I mean, it's a great job, probably one of the greatest jobs in radio, but you're still yeah. just... And and it's words in the ether, so you feel as though you're in a superficial world. To yeah. My greatest challenge is that I've got still got three daughters and one of them's only three nearly four so the greatest challenge is parenting the, the girls as they should mm. be parented and bring them up properly amy's 18 just starting uni charlie's or charlie we call her she's eight going on nine and uh, the, the young one is a firecracker I what's just, her name Gia. Gia. Well, Gia. well, you can relate to Dr. Peter Larkins because both you and the doc at 80 years of age will still be picking up your daughters from school. Absolutely magnificent, that mate. scares me. Now, now, now well, let me just put you on the spot here. You're capable of firing another shot no, at all, no, mate. No, no, no. That's, no, it's no. All over. Rex, it's all over. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it with a gap no. between them, mate. No, well, I, I, look, Chad's 33, Gia's three, nearly four. And honestly, it's you, you think how did that happen? Because none, none of it's Mate. particularly pl- pr- planned. But you've, uh, it's been good. You've done your bit. Now, how about that, folks? What a legend of South Australian football, Graham Corns. We're on air for Tobin Brothers funerals, and folks, in 1934, Australia snatched the ashes from England, and Tobin Brothers funerals began serving the community of Victoria. In the 80 years since Leo, Fonts, Tom and Kevin launched their fledgling funeral business, Tobin Brothers Funerals has served more than 228,000 families and become one of Australia's most respected and trusted funeral companies. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And folks, if you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. <laughs> Tweet, Rexy boy. This has been This Is Your Football Life, thanks to Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. Join us next week from 7.30am Sunday morning on 1116 SEN.